Hello, welcome to the Tech for Good podcast. We are very passionate about two things, technology and our world. In each pod, we will be interviewing some fascinating people, business leaders, but those with a special interest in solving the biggest issues facing humanity today. Think the environment. Think healthcare provision during a pandemic. Think global social injustice. If you want to know more about technology's immense potential to fix and transform, then you're in the right place. In this episode, I speak to Tom Van Aken. For 16 years, Tom has been CEO of Avantium, an organisation which has pioneered a plant-based plastic called PEF. Avantium is working with Carlsberg on its fully bio-based and recyclable green fibre bottle. In the interview, Tom discusses that partnership and others, how renewable chemistry could revolutionise the packaging industry, and why now is the most exciting point in his near two decades with Avantium. But first, I asked Tom if he could define the company's mission. Well, Ben, at, at Avantium, we believe that uh, we need to move to a fossil-free economy. So uh, we are in the business of making solutions for plastics and, and chemicals. And we no longer want to rely on fossil fuels and, and petroleum and, and, and these types of, uh, of, of raw materials. So we're looking for making these um, uh, these plastics and these chemicals out of renewable forms of carbon. And um, that, of course, you know, has a benefit for the environment. It, it really is a, a very good way of um, tackling climate change. But I think increasingly consumers are concerned about plastic waste and about how the plastic waste um, is, is clogging our natural systems. So therefore, uh, there is a big drive to go circular and make sure that all the, the new chemicals and plastics that we, uh, we can make with, uh, with these technologies that they can be fully recycled or can be uh, used in a circular fashion. And if they end up in the environment, that they actually degrade much faster than the plastics that we're using uh, today. Great. Tell us about PEF, Tom, or I don't know if you call it PEF, but I'm, I might call it PEF. <laughs> um, what, what is that product? This is, this is the kind of the core of your, your organization, isn't it? Yes, this is our most advanced product. Uh, so PEF or PEF is a... Um, it's a new plastic material. It is um, 100% recyclable. It is uh, also degradable if you if you would leave it in the environment. I don't want this, by the way, to be a, um, uh, a permission to litter for everyone. So we really would like actually the material to come back. Uh, but it is a plastic that we make completely from plant-based sugars. So we do not need one drop of petroleum. Um, and therefore I really see it as the sort of next generation plastic material that can be used in a wide range of, uh, of applications. In particular, it's very interesting for uh, the packaging industry. Um, and that is also because if you look at um, where what PEF is, is, it is somewhat similar to, to PET, but it has a much lower gas permeability for, for example, carbon dioxide or for air or for oxygen. And therefore PEF is extremely good at uh, preserving the integrity and the quality of the products. So if you have something which is carbonated, like carbonated soft drinks, like sparkling water, like beer, um, it's really good at keeping uh, you know, those uh, products 
within the bottle, within the packaging, and um, we can extend shelf life. But if something is oxygen sensitive, like um, meat or like beer, or like fruit juice or like coffee, we can make sure that we package it in PEF and keep the air out and therefore reducing food waste and um, extending shelf life. So there is a tremendous amount of excitement for PEF in the uh, packaging industry, in the bottling industry, and in the food packaging industry. And uh, that is evidenced by all kinds of collaborations that we have. Um, but my most important thing is to make sure that um, everyone can see this new material in the supermarket. And we hope that's gonna be uh, the, the reality in a few years time when PEF is gonna be introduced in particular in, in, in the beverage industry. And um, it will be in a, a product that you can see in the supermarket. Yeah, I was going to ask you, Tom, what, what stage do you think you're at on that journey at the moment? Tell us exactly where the company is with, with PEF and, and how far away you are from kind of mass adoption of this, for, for example. Yeah, we have uh, developed the technology over the past 15 years. We have now 10 years of experience in, um, in producing this on pilot scale. And we are now preparing for um, building the first commercial scale plant in the Netherlands. Um, and that means that if you add two years of construction, that we expect the material to become available in 2023, 2024. Um, and that's what we hope around the globe that this material will be coming back in, uh, in the beverage applications that I spoke about, but also in other applications like in packaging and like in, um, in, uh, in electronics. Because of course, everywhere where we look, we see plastics. But uh, we're in particularly interested in um, applications where, yeah, the, the functional properties of this material are fully utilized, and that is where you will see uh, this product coming in uh, coming in first. Really interesting stuff, Tom. You mentioned its kind of closeness in terms of its qualities to PET. Obviously, the materials are different, but the qualities are, are kind of you know it, it offers a very similar kind of thing, doesn't it? Do you want to talk a bit more about that, and, and is that an important part of it for you? Well, I think there, there, there are two, two elements to, um, to it, uh, Ben, because if you look at the environmental footprint, uh, PEF is significantly better than PET. Uh, first, if you look, just look at how much uh, CO2 is being made for making PET, which of course is made from petroleum, that actually is uh, the cause of uh, very large CO2 emissions. Um, and by switching over to PEF, you can reduce those uh, carbon emissions by, you know, 50 to 70%. Um, and then when you look at the material itself, it is something which is um, significantly better in particular when it's, uh, it's gas permeability or the barrier properties as we call it, where it is five to 10 times better. So we can make much thinner and larger bottles from PEF in comparison to PET. And then after the consumer has used the product, uh, PEF is a product that just like PET is something that is very well recyclable. But the difference is if you throw a PET bottle in, in, in nature, it's going to be there for hundreds and hundreds of years. It's not going to break down. And that is a difference with PEF where this is a product that is in that sense considered more a natural product where bacteria and microorganisms, they will actually degrade PEF and make sure it completely disappears. So it's not breaking down in microplastics, but it's something that will completely disappear. And of course, that um, with that solution in hand, we really um, address a very significant problem that is now currently related to uh, to plastic packaging. 
You mentioned that the packaging industry is, is an obvious kind of target for this. You mentioned electronics, I think, as well there. Mm-hmm. Sustainability is a massive topic for most organizations and you know across most industries now. What, what other kind of areas, industries, do you think your technology, PEF, could have a positive impact on? Well, um, I think packaging is, is, is the most logical one because of the, um, the concerns of the consumer. So the need for, uh, for alternative solutions and more radical solutions. And in particular, with the, the, the gas barrier properties, this is where I think um, our focus comes from for, for packaging. But we also see that there is a very strong um, need for uh, for change in the in the textile industry. So, if you look at textiles, of course, you can look at cotton. But most um, there's a lot of polyester is being used for the textile industry, and that is where we can see more and more focus on innovation and uh, the need to go for more sustainable uh, solutions and sustainable materials. So, next to packaging, I see a very big um, yeah demand for sustainability and sustainable materials in textiles and you know with pf we have basically a product where we can also go into these uh, textile applications um so i think that will be a very logical next step and then of course if you look at other ways we're using plastics it's just look at your car or look at your bike or look at your your home where there are lots of plastic uh, products in there as well and more what we call engineering plastics and that will be let's say another way to uh, to further exploit the uh, the potential of uh, of PEF but you know as a small company Ben unfortunately we can't go in all these directions at once and for that reason we have to decided to to first focus really on on packaging in particular on bottles um, and that is I think where most people know our company from is that we are the company that comes up with a sugar-based material um, that is also ultimately going to be degradable and there are very high expectations of that in the um, in the packaging market. Hello, I'm Daniel Brigham, editor of Tech for Good magazine. I hope you're enjoying this podcast. And if you want more, you can head over to techforgood.net for some compelling and thought-provoking stories. From high-tech insect farms that could solve world hunger to a global mission to counter the spread of COVID-19 disinformation, we've got Tech for Good covered. You can read and subscribe at techforgood.net. I'm interested to know a bit more about the background of the company, um, Tom, as well, because I'm always intrigued, you know, when a company is trying to do something as revolutionary as this, I suppose, like where, how how that was founded. You said the company is 15 years old. Maybe tell us a bit more about those early days of the company and how it kind of got to where it is now. Well, Avantim was based in Amsterdam in 2000 as a spin-off from uh, Royal Dutch Shell. Actually, um, the business was to develop better catalysts for uh, oil refineries and and chemical factories. So when I joined the company in 2002, we were actually seen as an an, an R&D company that were developing better catalysts for oil refineries. Um, I became CEO in 2005 and was asked by shareholders at that moment to really turn that around into a, a technology business. So we thought long and hard about what were, you know, what direction we wanted to take the company. And in 2005, we decided to, to really go into the direction of green chemistry. So instead of using petroleum, using 
renewable forms of carbon as a, as a feedstock for making chemicals and plastics. And that was the start of a very interesting journey. Um, and we have developed multiple technologies to basically um, help to lead the transformation away from fossil feedstocks and going to these renewable forms. So we have the technology to make this new bioplastic PEF that we spoke about. We have various other chemicals that we can now make using plant-based sugars. We have a refinery technology where we can use non-food biomass to make those sugars. And we have now more recently also started working on uh, using CO2 as a feedstock for making, uh, for making chemicals. Um, all with the same philosophy. Let's go away from using uh, petroleum. You know, we, we should really stop adding more carbon into the, in, into the atmosphere and therefore look for the carbon that's all around us. And there is a wealth of carbon around us. It's just coming up with a new sensible uh, technological um, solutions to convert those forms of carbon into the materials that, uh, that we need for packaging, for making our clothing, for making our um, yeah all the uh, the stuff around us, um, so I think it's very logical. It's it's it, the only thing that you need for an, an innovation like this is you need to be patient because these things take significant time, and you need to be extremely persistent because there is a very powerful uh, petrochemical industry and petroleum industry that of course uh, would like us to yeah stay working with the petroleum uh, as long as we can. It sounds a, an exciting company, Tom, to be CEO of. What has that journey been like for you individually? I mean, is this the kind of path you imagined taking 15 years ago? <laughs> well, 15 years ago, I was uh, 35 and I, I couldn't imagine um, what the journey was. Um, and I think if, if I would have known at that moment um, how difficult it was and how long it was going to take actually to, to change this and to bring these materials to the market, um, well, I, I hope that I would have the, the courage at that moment to do it, but I think that is the, the, the benefit of looking, looking back at it. It is actually something which was uh, a lot of fun, in particular because we've been able to attract some of the smartest people uh, around the globe to join the company and help to come up with these uh, revolutionary um, solutions. And we had great fun as, as we're, of course, coming from a startup environment you, know, you have a small group of people that you are and, and that I think that those were the most important ingredients to help us to sustain for all this time and to over overcome all the barriers that we had in front of us. But the, the, the nice thing now, Ben, is that we are seeing that the material will come to the market. We see tremendous commercial traction um, evidenced by all these brand owners that are starting to use these uh, these materials and clearly by all the drivers that are going into the direction of uh, sustainability and circularity. And that gives us, I think, the energy to, um, to pursue this and, uh, and make sure that we, um, we bring these materials really to commercial and industrial scale. Yeah, I was going to say, obviously, as you, as you hinted at there, it's been you know, a long and, and at times tough, I imagine, journey, but it feels like right now, Avantium is in a position, a really exciting position. Is it probably the most exciting point of your kind of time at the company right now would you say yes and i think yeah I've, I've said that from the beginning guys we want to be there once our products are made at a scale where you can buy them in a the supermarket because that's to, to it doesn't happen so often that people um develop new plastics right if you go in your history books and you start looking okay so when was the last time that someone came up with a new plastic material 
it happens, it doesn't, you know, you have to go back 20 years when PLA was actually developed, which is another bioplastic. But otherwise you have to go back 40 years or something when let's say plastics were invented and developed. So it doesn't happen so often. Um, so that makes it of course very nice to be at the point now where it is uh, becoming commercial and where everyone around me that has heard me talking about this can can basically see how these products uh, are going to be available in the supermarkets are going to be um, yeah, used for a wide range of applications so that makes it um, that makes it very rewarding uh, ben. excellent tom let's talk in a bit more detail about a couple of those commercial kind of opportunities that you're beginning to have let's start with resolux in belgium i know this is a big deal for you guys are you, are you happy to talk about the work you're doing with them Yes, we. Uh, I think with Resolux, it's one of these companies that is very. Uh, it's a large player from Belgium in the rigid packaging uh, industry. Um, so by working with Resolux, we can basically um, make sure that our material becomes available for many other companies because they are working with Resolux as a supplier. Um, and together with Resolux, we can also make sure that people do not see PEF as a direct replacement for PET, which is, of course, the predominant product that they're using uh, today. Uh, we want to make sure that they can see how they can use PEF and PET in parallel before they are come at the point where PEF becomes available at such large scale and it's at lower cost, where mass adoption uh, is going to be more straightforward. So that is the nice thing with uh, with Resolux is that we can um, work with them, a well-established player in the industry, to open this up. And Carlsberg, of course, a brand familiar to everybody, especially to me on a Friday. Um, <laughs> <laughs> tell us about your work with Carlsberg. Well, I think Carlsberg is a really you know we've been talking to beer brewers already for years, but um, Carlsberg. Uh, came to us a few years ago when they were working on what they called the paper bottle. So they've been working on a beer bottle that on the outside is completely made from paper. Uh, so the, the, the paper basically gives the strength um, of, the, of, of the bottle, but on the inside, in order to keep actually the beer inside, they've tested different types of plastic uh, and coatings in order to uh, make sure that the beer would be stay in a bottle, but it also would have the shelf life that is required for beer. And beer is, of course, carbonated. It's also very sensitive to air. Um, so that was much more challenging than what they had expected. And um, very pleased that we're now working with them on this uh, this paper or green fiber bottle, where we have the outside is paper, the inside is PEF. PEF basically. Uh, has all the right properties to make sure that the carbonation stays inside, that the beer stays good for months, and it doesn't impact taste. And I think that is something which is extremely important, of course, for the consumer, uh, Ben, like you, is that when you taste this, that you doesn't that it doesn't take like plastic, but it basically tastes in the same way as you're drinking it from a glass bottle. Um, and what we've seen is that consumers really like to see the paper bottle they like to be seen with the paper bottle because it's 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 a fun product it looks also it has all the looks of a very um, environmentally friendly sustainable product um, so we really look forward to work with Cosberg to make sure that this is sold on music events on pop festivals on sports events where you you can't buy beer in a bottle you can't buy beer in uh, in cans 
from a safety perspective. So we really look forward to over the coming time to see these uh, these green fiber bottles being introduced on these uh, on these type of events. Do you want to keep up to date with the latest in enterprise technology and digital transformation? Visit digitalbulletin.com for news, long reads, thought leadership, and so much more. That's digitalbulletin.com. How important is it for Avantium to have these engagements with global brands like Carlsberg, not only because of the commercial benefits, obviously it offers you as a company, but the, the, the wider benefits of getting the message out there about what your technology can offer? Well, that is that is clearly uh, critical because we want to make sure that uh, that people uh, see this as uh, a real uh, sustainable, but also um, you know sustainable from an economic perspective. Material that's going to be um, one of the new plastic materials that really can change the plastics industry because there is, I think, a massive need for these type of uh, radical changes, um, and uh, they need they're looking for validation. So if they're big brands like Carlsberg, but you know, I think in that sense also if you look at Refresco, which is a large bottling company, Resolux, we have another major food and beverage company in there uh, that we have signed an agreement with as well. So it's really important that they see that as validation that this material is safe, that it is something that is um, suitable for these type of, uh, of applications. And of course, they will see that these companies will create, will basically grab massive marketing benefits because of course they will benefit from being regarded as a very sustainable brand, which in particular young consumers are very sensitive for. So I think it provides a lot of benefits to them. And um, yeah, in order to grasp those benefits, we need to be working with these, uh, with these major brands. That's not always that easy because they are, of course, uh, sometimes very difficult companies to collaborate with because they're very demanding uh, and sometimes very slow. But it's very nice if you have them over the line where they're going to start adopting your materials so you can show to everyone uh, on what the material can do and how it's being validated by, by brand owners. It's very exciting, Tom. I want to ask you about the challenges, and I hope as CEO you can give give us an honest kind of perspective on what you think are the biggest challenges your company faces going forward. I don't know if it's maybe let's address kind of the mass production of your technology, you know, scaling it. What are the biggest challenges you think, the biggest hurdles you're going to have to cross? Yeah, the the, the difficulty, Ben, with a new polymer like this, is that in the beginning, uh, these products are going to be more expensive than let's say commodity products that we're all used to. And that's because we don't have the uh, economy of scale when we're producing it. We need to go through that scale-up curve and through that uh, learning curve that all the products have gone through over, over decades of time where costs have been driven to the absolute minimum. So that is something, uh, of course, which is a hurdle that we have to pass because um, you know, when we look at the, the material as it's going to be produced in the first scale, it's going to be significantly more expensive than uh, than than these commodity products like PET. Uh, the, the good news is, is, or the benefit that we have is that we have a, a product that has some unique performance characteristics. It has very good environmental benefits. And uh, we have now proven with these offtake agreements that we have signed with um, with the likes of Resolux, Toyobo, Refresco, that they are prepared to pay um, something extra in comparison to, for example, to PET. Um, 
And I think that is really what is what is getting us to that point. But it, it, it means for the foreseeable future that the material will be more expensive than uh, a commodity product like PAT. And we need to make sure that we go through that scale-up curve fast in order to hit the price points where we um, can basically enable mass adoption. So that is, I think, um, from what I can see, um, the, the biggest challenge that we have, because from an environmental perspective, but also from a performance perspective, I do not see anything that is really uh, going to negatively impact the uh, adoption of this, uh, of this new product. And when it comes to adoption, Tom, finally, really looking forward, do, do, you, do you see PEF becoming the new PET at some point in the future? Well, I'm, I'm convinced, Ben, that um, in much faster than what people realize right now, we're going to be phasing out uh, the use of fossil uh, feedstocks. And um, if you want to move away from fossil feedstocks, basically, you have to rethink how the chemical and plastics industry works, because right now, 98% of all plastics are made from petroleum. Um, and I think that transition um, of course, this is not just going to happen in five or 10 years time, but that transition will have a massive uh, effect on the materials that we're using now to package our materials and to make all the stuff that's around us. Um, and from what I've seen, I don't see any other materials uh, that, that have the functionality like we see with PEF. So I'm convinced that PEF therefore is the plastic material of the future. It is something which is um, significantly better from a, um, a carbon emission perspective. And it's something that we can use over and over again. And actually what I would really hope is gonna happen is that we develop um, a business where PF is indefinitely recycled. So instead of every time coming up with new feedstocks and raw materials that we have to use, we recycle all the materials that we're making in such an efficient way that we don't have such a big need for virgin raw materials. And that would really be a, a massive improvement over the way we're actually destroying the planet right now. Um, that would be a massive step forward. And I really hope that our company can help with, um, with, uh, with that transition. That was the Tech for Good podcast. Listen, subscribe, and rate us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. Oh,